Welcome to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast, the go-to source for Canadian entrepreneurs and business leaders. Join us as we dive deep into the heart of Canada's business community, bringing you inspiring stories, cutting-edge insights, and practical advice from our nation's brightest minds in marketing, innovation, leadership, and tech. Whether you're launching a startup or scaling your enterprise, our mission is to empower your journey with wisdom that makes a difference. Let's grow together, right here, right now. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Maheen, and welcome to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast, where in every episode, we focus a vital aspect of our communities, the transformative power of small businesses. These enterprises are crucial in shaping our local economies and communities, providing unique services and creating job opportunities. Understanding and supporting them is essential for sustainable growth. And today, we'll explore the necessity of adaptation and transformation in the rapidly changing business environment. And I'm very excited to introduce you to Carol Kotaka, a results-oriented leader and managing director of Royal Strategy Group. Carol's expertise spans driving strategy, performance, and transformational change across various sectors, including industry, healthcare, and NGOs. Her global experience is extensive, with impactful work in North America, Europe, the Middle East, and South America. At Royal Strategy Group, Carol elaborates in creating strategic visions and solutions, valuing fieldwork as her best asset. Her academic roles include adjunct lecturer at the University of Toronto and leads for Queen's University IRC's Organizational Transformation Program. Carol's education in social sciences, public affairs, strategic business leadership, and an EMBA enrich her uh, leadership and strategic insights. Join us as we delve into Carol's expertise in leading organizational transformations and her unique approach to managing change in diverse environments. Without further ado, we'd like to welcome Carol. Carol, good morning and welcome to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Hina. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, Carol, it's an honor to have you here. I mean, your journey in shaping strategic visions across various cultures and organizations is truly inspiring. Now, Carol, in today's rapid-paced and fast-paced world, businesses face constant changes and disruptions. Adapting and evolving is not just a now beneficial but necessary for survival and growth. Considering your ex- extensive experience, can you explain why it's critical for organizations to be agile and ready to transform? Uh, yeah, happy to, you know, d- able to speak a little bit from my own experience, although other people's other experiences could be different. But we're re- definitely operating in a space of what I've heard called the four C's. I won't take credit for that phrase. I've definitely heard it elsewhere. But if you think about the rapid pace of change we're in, COVID is a little bit of an old news story you know, in many different ways. Like if you look at, we have COVID, for example, and the significant implications that everyone has seen from that. But if you think, look at things like cost of living, climate change, significant conflict locally and internationally, these are all pieces that rapidly impact businesses, employee bases, consumer markets in every way, shape or form. And if we look at the way now change has been impacting our community and our environment internationally, the pace of change is not going to slow down. It's just increased exponentially. So by organizations being able to build that platform for transformation, they're able to adapt continually to ever-changing markets. Now, Carol, you know, to build on to that, like how do you how do you guide companies in identifying when and how to pivot their strategies in response to market changes? 
Yeah, happy to chat a little bit about that. So in terms of the how, the work that we'll do is with both small organizations and large in a lot of different capacities, but helping do we vision for the transformation, what that looks like, but also then helping them build the tools and the infrastructure in order to be able to drive out that transformation. And that can mean anything from strategic visioning to building tactical templates mm-hmm. to even a thing like a calendar. It could be incredibly simple. And, you know, as I mentioned, we work with organizations, both big and small. So the large organizations have resources and staff to drive that. Smaller don't. And that's why it can be very large or small in types of the strategies that we do. In terms of the when, we do a lot of work in terms of assessment analysis. So it could be things like, for example, environmental analysis around needs assessments for markets, for clients, for patients, whatever that could potentially look like. Or if we look at competitor analysis, Mm -hmm. or how is there their organization adapting and evolving, their market or adapting and evolving, and what is their readiness in order to be able to transform? Right. So you successfully, you know, offered a valuable blueprint for businesses aiming to really stay ahead in today's uh, dynamic market, uh, Carol. But uh, let's tap into the concept of continual adaptation, which is becoming a cornerstone for successful business strategies. I mean, it's not just about one-time changes, but we're talking about embedding a culture of ongoing evolution. Carol, can you delve into how organizations can really foster a mindset geared towards continual adaptation and transformation? Well, that's a great point you bring. You touched on the idea of culture, right? And that's the critical turnkey. You know, you've heard that infamous age-old strategy around culture eats strategy for lunch, and that's absolutely true. So when we're thinking about this space, and we decide that we make transformation or adaptation, responsiveness, part of our everyday to day business, and we look at it that way continually, that's how we set that platform for transformation, because it's not going to change. Mm -hmm. So how are we going to stop treating it like it's something that new and sometimes the end of the world, right, for some organizations in many different ways, but make it a part of our normal business operating processes, part of our process improvement processes so that it's not huge to take it on every single time. It's how we operate day to day. Absolutely. Now we're curious. I mean, there must be a different set of challenges that small businesses face in this process. Like, What are they, Carol, and how do you recommend overcoming them? I think small businesses in particular, to be quite honest, are more equipped in order to be able to drive this, drive transformation and what that looks like than also a lot of the organ- large organizations that we work with. So, for example, even though they don't have the resources, et cetera, usually there's a spirit that's evolved in small business. The reach that leaders have in a small business is much broader. It's much less siloed. They're able to influence at a broader level. You have more opportunities to have more interactions with the front line, continued dialogue, and you you're able to, dare I use the word that's been overused absolutely, but you're able to pivot in a much more quick environment and especially in an entrepreneurial environment because you're used to that. You needed to be able to do that in order to be able to develop your market responsiveness to build the business. And so when we work, we also work with a lot of public sector institutions and that's a completely different planet, as you can imagine. So I would argue that small business is probably the most equipped in order to drive transformation. That's amazing. But your emphasis actually on cultivating a culture of continual adaptation is is a key takeaway for any organization striving for long-term success and resilience. Now, Carol, let's look at the role of hearts and minds in transformation as well. I mean, you know, transformation goes beyond structural and strategic change, and it is deeply, it deeply involves winning hearts and minds of people within the organization. In your view, Carol, what is the significance of engaging hearts and minds in the process of organizational transformation? I think, yeah, that's a great question. It's essential. 
you know, that is the biggest component, especially any type of transformation that requires a behavioral change. If people don't want to change behavior, they won't. Like, that's just the bottom line. That's a fact. And from that perspective, there's an exercise of creating buy-in, of selling the idea. And I like to think of it as a social movement, if you will. You know, you mentioned earlier on in my background around social sciences and then public affairs, that's around mobilizing populations in different ways. And I apply, apply that same mindset to organizational transformation. How do we get people to buy in to the future of this vision? And like an example of that could be critically important, could be even things like consultation. We want to drive this change. What does this mean to you? What are the barriers that you see? And there can be very significant barriers that we've not thought of, that leaders have not thought of. What does like why this will be a challenge or how we won't be able to execute? It's an iterative process. But then you think about something like, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility audits, that implementation. We're looking so much around things like digitalization. But from a DEIA perspective, look, that's a huge cultural shift. And when we engage our staff, our collective around creating what a vision of what that could be, we're not just engaging them in the dialogue, we're co-creating what that looks like. And how much easier is it if we have a dialogue with our staff and we say, what do we think inclusion means? What does equity mean? What does accessibility mean? And we create those values together. And we say, what are the behaviors that we want to see? And what are the competencies that we want to hire for? Then before you even begin, you've created buy-in because you've co-created that vision of the transformation together. Absolutely. And to support that, Carol, can you provide an example of a successful transformation you've led where employee engagement played a key role? Well, that's a great example. Like DEI is a big example of that. We do mm-hmm. a lot of work in that space with organizations, both big and small, and it's taking it out of the human capital element because so often it will sit within the HR function, which is critically important, but it's expanding it beyond HR policies, for example. It's having that facilitated dialogue across organizations around what the future looks like together. Other scenarios where we've done that would be, say, like acute care hospitals, where all of a sudden we're creating digital tools for point of care. Instead of doing it a paper-written way, they're now going to be doing this in a digitalized way through their HIS systems. And that likely would have the more resistance than anything else we've ever done in many different ways. And it would be a dialogue. And it could be as simple as creating electronic tools in Word that make it easier for them. That's it. They're like, what is the barrier? Tell me what it means to you and why is it hard? And when you're able to facilitate removing that barrier, sometimes that's all it takes. It could be huge grand scale implementation or interventions, or it could be really, really small. It just depends by talking to people and finding out what it is they want. And we work with, an. you might be familiar with the International Association of Public Participation. And if you look at that level or continuum of empowerment and consultation and collaboration, and we apply that to our change management and transformation processes. Wow, I think the importance of engaging both hearts and minds truly underscores the human aspect of business evolution for sure. But one of the key challenges, you know, when when looking at organization transformation is overcoming resistance to change, which is a natural, you know, human tendency and is often a significant barrier in 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 achieving organization transformation. Now, based on your experience, Carol, how do you approach and overcome this change within an organization? Yeah, that is another great question is that's the biggest piece because people are people, right? And they make up the heart of every organization or every business, whatever it is they're doing. And change can be terrifying in many different ways. You know, if you look at it through the model of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, in terms of safety, food and shelter, does this impact my job? Will I lose my job? 
you know, so fear, right? In terms of thinking, but will I be able to do this change? Will I be able to learn it? Will I be able to excel? Are you going to take away my friends? Does this mean, you know, my department looks different? Does it mean that my compensation looks different? All of those things are pieces why it can trigger fear and resistance within people. And there's some models, management consulting models that actually will apply a grieving process, what that looks like to change and how that can encapsulate the different stages of change, denial, anger, all of those pieces. And it's all true. We've seen them absolutely play out over and over again. The idea is consistent dialogue. And the truth is, as Simon Sinek will say, there's always going to be a portion that you won't sell. You're right. You're not going to be able to get everyone to buy on board, but you can get organizations to a tipping point, right? Where it now becomes, it's no longer a transformation but this new vision is now part of what we do day to day. It's part of operational processes and it's become part of who we are. Right. I mean, you know, Carol, we would love to hear like a specific anecdote, you know, we're excited where you successfully navigated through such a resistance because it's a hard one for sure. Yeah, I could definitely give, there's many, many, and some of them are probably a bit more shocking than others, but resistance can be like that. I would say merger is another example of that, right? Where people are being merged out or sometimes they've been downsized to a certain extent. And now you have new leaders being taken in to, to drive out change among teams that they were not the leaders of before. And so I was uh, parachuted into this role of an organization, supporting the organization around merger, and then now going to be integrating these teams that was originally across five entities and now it's just going to be one. And so I had to sell this team because I wasn't going to be there for long. That's the challenge. They don't have to listen to me, right? And so that is also another challenge. So it's different than if you have a direct supervisory role. And I've had some people say to my face, it's not like where you need to pay any attention to you. You're not going to be here that long anyway. And so the biggest strategies in order to be able to, which they're not wrong, right? That's just a fact. And the biggest strategy that I've had the most success with is checking my ego at the door and saying, you know, I recognize that you're absolutely right, but I honestly believe this changes for the best and let me show you why. And it's not going to be today and you, I'm not going to convince them today, but over the long term, through demonstrated proof continually about why this can be better for you and me and the organization, you can bring them outside. That's amazing. Thank you, Carol. I mean, uh, you know, your experience would really provide a roadmap for leaders facing similar challenges in their own transformative journeys. Now, we'd love to also discuss the partnership with Queen's University IRC. I mean, your collaborations and partnerships, they both go hand in hand and play a very pivotal role in enhancing the impact of transformational strategies. And as we truly understand, Ryle's, Ryle's Strategy Group has, partner, has a partnership with Queen's University IRC. Could you tell us more about this collaboration and its objectives? Yeah, I'm very excited to do that. You know, a small business owner myself, right? So we are a boutique firm and the opportunity to partner with such an institutional organization is incredibly exciting. And, you know, as I mentioned, a part of the work that we do, a big part is building that infrastructure. And big part of that is building capacity and training. You know, those are the pieces that go hand in hand together. So we'll work on site with clients often to build out those frameworks and infrastructure, but we want significant high-end training that are available to our clients. And that's where the partnership has come in with Queen's University, IRC, because they're able to, they are the best at it. There's no doubt about it. And so IRC is focused at people leaders who are looking to drive out their capacity around driving strategies among people. And so we're providing, I'm personally doing the organizational transformation program for Queen's, and we're working on site in the field with some of the organizations that they work with. Mm -hmm. 
No, that's great. I mean, learning about your partnership with Queens, Queens IRC, really emanates the power for impact of collaboration and enhancing organizational transformation efforts. But on a final note, and as we wrap up this conversation, Carol, how does this partnership really contribute to your overall mission of driving organizational transformation? Yeah, it's a great question. And it it's critical for us because we try to do what we can, again, organizations big and small, in order to be able to meet their needs. We want to bring best-in-class service to them. Even if their budgets aren't huge, we want to be able to put together a collaborative model, sliding scale, et cetera, that will bring them the best that there is at a price that they can manage to help them meet their goals. And by having Queens as a platform, we're a small business, so I'm not able to scale up that fast, to be totally honest. I can't deliver training for 150 people tomorrow, and I don't have 150 trainers. So Queen's University and Queen's IRC is the go-to place for us for any type of training like that. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Carol. I mean, we'd like to extend our deepest thanks to you for sharing your expertise and experiences in driving strategic and transformational change. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. We greatly appreciate it. And as we conclude today's episode, we shed light on the importance of agility, continual adaptation, and the crucial role of engaging people in any transformational process. We also get insights into overcoming resistance to change and the value of strategic partnerships like the one with Queen's University IRC. A special thank you to our partners, exclusive banking partner RBC, shipping partner UPS, and accounting software partner Zero. Don't forget to subscribe to the Canadian SME Small Business Magazine at canadiansme.ca for more enlightening conversations like this. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to bringing you more insightful discussions in our upcoming episodes. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadian SME Small Business Podcast. Your support fuels our passion for empowering Canadian businesses. Don't miss out on our next episode filled with fresh perspectives and actionable strategies. Subscribe at canadiansme.ca and be part of a community that's shaping the future of Canadian business. Until next time, keep innovating, growing, and making a difference.